Uh. So my peoples one time. What up, what up, what up, ladies and gentlemen, back, back, back at it again. You are listening live to Across the Intersection podcast. This is AJ, and I'm in here with Eve. She's in the building. Hey, y'all. She's actually in the building. Ace Smush is still with us. But um, as always, you can ingest this wonderful podcast on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Play, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Sound Cleasy. Boom. Um, please, 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 if you're on that Apple platform, if you're listening to my sultry voice right now, you're on that Apple platform, this is what I need you to do. I need you to pause this podcast. I need you to go over to store? iTunes. I know I'm I'm, 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 I'm getting quiet storm on them. <laughs> I need you to go over to your iTunes. I need you to go click our podcast. I need you to give me a five-star review. I need to get them stars up off you. Can I get them up off you? If you have an iPhone, an iPad, or an Apple computer, I need you to give me those five stars. Anyway, as always, you can hit us up on social media, um, dive underscore media on the gram, and at across this on the tweeters. Um, please tweet at us. We will, we, we, we do respond on Twitter. Yeah. And we have a Facebook group, but honestly, I'm more active on Twitter. So, <laughs> um, But it is across the intersection on the book of faces. And as always, I am at Divinimus, D I V E N O M O U S, on Twitter. And I am at E to the V to the on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So welcome back. Welcome back. We actually have um, a national emergency. Did y'all see that Saturday, by the way? No. What are you talking about? 45 declared a national emergency to build a wall. Yeah. So he, he actually signed the bill and declared a national emergency. So it's an emergency. I don't know how I missed that. I, I might have to put some siren sound effects right here. So yeah, we, well, You mean I just yesterday? I, mean, I don't. I don't, I don't Friday, it was Friday. Friday, okay. I don't live at the border, so I kind of feel like I don't, I, I don't really know what it's like to live out there and um, undergo a lot of that stuff. But I do know, I, what I do know is that, um, is that uh, the area in which that I live, uh, really my, my uh, I have relatives that live in a particular area where the middle school is a recruiting place for MS-13s. Um, and so there's a lot of gang activity that goes on in 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 the neighborhood in which my mother lives, uh, and um, and so I have uh, you know I do have some concerns about that, uh, particularly because what people don't well maybe some people do understand it, but uh, what's not really highlighted is that when um, people cross the border. Uh, a lot of times, particularly when they're uh, when they're when they're children, and children are not necessarily sent with their parents. So this idea of separating mothers and children, a lot of times, that has already taken place prior to those the the individuals coming to the border. And so uh, many times, when the children come over, um, if they're unaccompanied, then what happens is that they get they get they get shuttled into the foster care system in the United States, and then those children. When they go into the foster, those uh, illegal immigrants go into the foster care system, and that means that that is the American tax dollar that ends up sheltering the children. And the children don't stay at the border; they actually get um, shuttled throughout the. They get they get dispersed throughout the United States to different um, to different foster care uh, shelters, um, and uh, many of them tend to 
<clears throat> being in uh, democratic states and so and and as far as I know sanctuary city, cities and you know all all of that and, and and anyway my point is is that the the the, the we kind of say you see a lot of um you see a lot of cats a lot of um immigrants and, and you can so a lot of us let's be honest we're safe to say that a lot of these cats are illegal um, you mean they're they have they're undocumented people, but my it seems like what you're talking about still seems to sidestep the issue that a lot that a lot of people are sidestepping, which is most of the people who are undocumented who come here do not come by land, and even if they did, there have been ways to circumvent this wall, and so I'm just trying to figure out, you know, in spite of some of the issues that might exist because of. Americans, as well as people who come over here illegally, basically people who are criminals anyway. Um, my question is, what does the wall have to do with keeping them out when the majority of people who over who are here, uh, undocumented, or just people who overstayed their their visas? I mean, because most of that stuff, so, yeah, it, it it does come through the legal ports of entry. Now they have dozens and dozens and dozens of tunnels that go under the border. I mean, and them joints are elaborate. I mean, one of my biggest clients, they, they deal with that kind of stuff, not putting no names out there. Yeah. And um, the, the, the tunnels are elaborate. Yeah, um, if you're desperate, you know, especially if so, you're an economic immigrant, you're going to do what you can to live your life. Yeah, that's a, that, and that's the other part I think people are truly missing. I think, you know, when you talk to most Americans, very few of them have left the country. When you talk to people, yep. you know, when you ask them, hey, have you ever left the country? Like, oh, no, I've never left the country. I say, I say, go leave the country. Go to a third world country. Just go visit. Because that's what I like to do. When, 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 because I've left the country several times. When you leave the country and when you AJ, go. Don't just stay on the resort. Yeah, AJ's I don't. AJ's an economic hitman. That's why he likes to go visit third world <laughs> But I like to go and see. I like to go into the country. Yeah. I don't stay in a hotel. In the resort, the, the whole time, yeah. yeah. You go and you see how people are living and you see, I think A has said this before, like you don't really realize how good you actually have it in the United States. You talk greasy about the U.S. Mm. and then you go to some places and it's like, yo, the floor in their house is dirt. Like, So if you're telling me all I got to do is go 100 miles that way, you know, if, if we're talking um, you know, global south yeah. and they're saying, okay, if I got to go 100 miles that way and I can get a job and I can get somewhere warm. Even if that warmth is in prison, it's somewhere warm with a meal, I'm gone. And you could deport me, but guess what? I'll be back. So I think this is, it is, it's a fool's errand, you know, to to build a monument to, to himself hmm. because it will serve as a monument to himself. It'll, it'll be as, this is the wall that I got built when in actuality, it's the the reality of the situation. I think the optics and the reality, and I've talked about this before, how he's a master of optics. You know, I think people people underestimate how how savvy he is when it comes to optics. This optically, it will look like this is what I did. I built this amazing wall, but it, but the actual reality is the people that are coming will find another way around that barrier. They will. It's not a matter of you know possibly, but they they will. So, so yeah, um, I want to just highlight, um, and I hear you, Asia, and I think that that's like a, to me, that's a better response than it's not happening. Um, because it tends to be a denial that, that this is happening. Like, um, you know, oh, you know, everybody, like it's a Shangri-La, like people just come in here and, um, oh no, it's all good. And, you know, oh, it's just racist. And it's like, there's no, 
there's no actual there's no actual like uh, uh communication or speaking on what's actually happening because until it happens like you know is it going to take an ms13 killing my mom um for you know people to feel it in my neighborhood or whatever or you know or what it's like at least it, it would be preferable to at least just acknowledge that it is happening because I've communicated this stuff to people and people, you know, second. they'll turn around and they'll say that I've had, I've had, I had conversations with people turn around and, you know, they'll say stuff like, Oh, well, how do you know somebody is this? Or how do you know somebody is that as if it's not actually happening as if that, as if our, not, our system is not being, um, our system is not being used by, um, by people who don't, who don't, who don't necessarily pay, um, pay taxes that have not, um, uh, 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 coming to coming to our country in the in the in the in the proper manner. So it would be really, really, really bad, of course, if your mother or any other American citizen is killed by MS13 or any other gang that it, seems to attract or that does attract people who immigrated from other countries. But it, America is built on the process of coming to coming from another country and getting in with your community in that other country, whether it's through illegal means or legal means. And I'm trying to figure out what the difference might be between somebody getting killed by a gang that uh, was established overseas or a gang established here. People are getting killed by gangs. What, why, why would some, so if somebody gets killed, if, if a grandmother gets killed by the Bloods or Crips or some other gang uh, as some sort of initiation, is America doing this using the same amount of effort towards squashing out all of the the means of or the ports of entry of that gang into your neighborhood than they would be with MS13? If I communicated that I would prefer my mother to get killed by blood or a crib than an MS13 because they're U.S. citizens, then I made um, a general I, I statement, so I'm not going to focus on your mother specifically. I'm just saying that. But I'm saying that people, unfortunately, get killed through gang initiations. And I'm just questioning the president focusing on gangs that came so from let elsewhere. Just, let, let, let me just say this. Like, I don't even really care about the, you know, care about the gangs and whatnot. Like, a lot, a lot of the issues that we have to do, that has to do with this country is firearms. Um, that, that's a, that's a real, 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 real big issue. And yeah. that, that's not addressed. And so, and, and it's not addressed because, uh, our economy pretty much runs, uh, runs on that. I mean, it's tied into the, it, it's just, this country is, is a, is a ship that's sinking, um, and it's being preserved throughout the military might. And that's just a fact. And so, and so I'm not here, try, I'm not here trying to like, focus on um you know a little hole in the corner when it's a big leak in the roof i understand it's a leak in the roof for that this thing is built on a that earthquake is coming is built on a, on the san andreas fault i understand that what i'm just bringing up is 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 that i would i to aj's point he pointed out the san andreas fault as opposed to just saying that there's no actual dirt in the corner i am saying that there's dirt in the corner and it would be it would at least be helpful to the situation to acknowledge it as opposed to pretend that it's not there I, I think, and we may talk about it in a future episode, but I think him declaring a national emergency is very, very, very problematic. But that's not why y'all tuned in today. You didn't tune in today for pol pol political talk, did you? Mm. No, y'all tuned in today for that ooh-wee. You're going to you're gonna have to go somewhere else. We don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right, we just in here babbling. Yeah, no, but listen, it. ladies and gentlemen, um, there is a, a really, really, and if you know the the tenor of this uh, podcast, uh, you know that we like to get down with um, really exposing things that are 
damaging to our faith. You know, when people of faith in here, though we talk about a lot of different topics, um, the the crux of what we like to get at is things that are detrimental to our faith. And so there was a Houston Chronicle expose. Y'all like my segue there. That was a that <laughs> that ladies and gentlemen was what we call in the business a segue. <laughs> Continue um, <laughs> with the segue. <laughs> um but th- there was a Houston Chronicle expose. The Houston Chronicle is the newspaper in Houston. Um about a significant, significant sexual mis <laughs> misconduct. I don't know all of the superlatives you can categorize this with, but it was like seven hundred people that were accusing the Southern Baptist Convention. Wait, wait, wait. I thought you were talking about the Roman Catholic Church. What, what oh, no, what's no, going no. on here? No, the Catholics ain't only the only one with this problem. It's this 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 problem is is widespread. So it's the SBC instead of the RCC. Yeah. There were like 700 people accusing various youth pastors and ministers and different leaders in the SBC of sexual misconduct. Sexual depravity is as American as apple pie. <laughs> so there, you know, it was it was pretty it was pretty uh, pretty thorough because they did it was it was about uh, four or five articles that they kind of chained together. It's like a, so I would encourage you if you go to HoustonChronicle.com, you can kind of read them all. It's like part one, part two, part three, you know, so on and so forth. Um, so. We're not going to give you the the timeline of every single thing in the article. I would encourage you, if you want to get the backstory, go and check out the Houston Chronicle expose. But we're just going to highlight a few things, and then you know we're going to chop it up in our usual witty banter <laughs> that you've grown to love. So, seven hundred people is a lot, by the way. I yeah. don't know if you knew that's more than one. Yeah, yeah. Seven hundred is a little higher than one. Um, there are a couple things in the in part one, or it might have been part two of the article where they had an interview with August Augie Botto. He is the interim president. I know. I, ho- I hope I pronounced that right. Mm. August Augie Botto. He is the interim president of the Southern Baptist um, Executive Committee. And they also interviewed Roger Singh Old- Oldham. Oldham. He's the vice president of communications and relations. They um, it was about a ninety minute interview. They sort of had a transcript of the interview, and so they were going through the the usual. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, it's horrible. Now I was we were just talking in in pre pro. Now this because it's the transcript of their interview, you can't really tell their facial expressions. Yeah. So I'm not going to read into what they might have been expressing, you know, as far as body language goes. Or you'll but, try not yeah. to read into it. Well, yeah, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> but we're all about assumptions here. No, nah, but, you know, you're you're reading what was said, but you're I'm, I'm trying to imagine the disgust that had to have been in, in their face. I'm, I'm, you know, again, we're assuming because we weren't there. But just the, their, their vanilla statements of, yeah, that's terrible. Oh, my goodness. That's, that's, that's uh, horrible. It's kind of like that's all you got to say about that, August. <laughs> you know, I've, you know, like heads should be rolling. Like you, you, you're not coming in there looking for heads, and it's one of those things where I think, hey, man, if that was your grandchild or if that was your exactly. child, would you come in there with the sledgehammer? I don't you know? know how much verbal communication would take place if, the, yeah, if it was exactly. your grandchild or your child. And, and, and honestly, man, who knows? It could be their grandchild. That's <laughs> just how they get down. Jesus, oh goodness gracious! Stop, you get down, man. I mean, you know, 
You historically, man, you got people out here that get, get it crunk with goats, man. So, yeah, you know, I know bestiality is written down for a reason. Man, people sacrifice their children in these environments. But, but you know, and, and we're saying these environments, but at the same time, I think it's a good question to inquire as to whether this is symptomatic of a sick society or if somehow people like this are attracted to church institutions and if the answer is the latter then you know parents and anybody else needs to be extremely careful about being a part of these institutions but if it's just symptomatic of society in general then we shouldn't focus on churches but that's a good point that you bring up Eva and I want to highlight that because they actually mentioned that in the article the fact that for sexual predators they look at churches as a quote-unquote soft target okay similar to, to the way terrorists will look at like a mall or whatever right not heavily fortified that like that is a terrible testimony that a sexual predator knows that i can go to a church and probably get a little something something just like how dudes think right dudes think church girls are the easiest right why because there's no barriers there's no protection set up and I've talked about this before because of the nature of institutions in general, but there's no, you know, there's no kind of barrier set up for protection of whether it's children, hmm. whether it's single well, women. I wouldn't say no barriers. I know people who limited, are involved in children. Yeah, I know people who are involved in children church, children's church, and there are all kinds of things in place all to make sure that random like people don't, yeah, that, you know, pick up the child. We're, we're not talking about random people. The people that were accused are the ministers. Remember, we're not talking about randos walking in. This was the actual ministers. And I know dudes who are youth pastors who tell me all the time, parents just be like, here. Spiritually, well, they, they're your responsibility. So we're well, not talking about just some dude off the street coming in grabbing kids. We're talking about youth leaders, ministers, people in the church. Who's the buffer between those leaders and the people? Well, well, well yeah, it's going to be the parents, but it's always the parents. Everybody it's never the parents. That's my point. In churches, it's never the parents. No, but what I'm saying He's saying it is, should be the parents. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm saying that. The responsibility is always the parents. Oh, the response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The responsibility yeah. is always on the parents. Right. Yes. It's not the, it, yeah. And so, because those church leaders, a lot of them are parents too. You see what I'm saying? Like, so, so you can't expect them. But that's to how they get down, right? Isn't that what you said? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't expect them to protect your kids and then molesting their own. Right, they right, right. I was just watching a YouTube video, as crazy as it sounds. I was watching a YouTube video that was talking about the sexualization um, of boys by their mothers. Um, and and that was a very interesting, very interesting. Um, Mainly um, single mothers, or is there a particular cadre of mothers? Well, that I mean, the... like, 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 it's not necessarily mainly single. So, so all sing, the single ladies. Single. Oh, no. <laughs> I love segmenting. <laughs> it, it, you, singles is status, but mothers forever. No, I understand that, but 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 I've heard the perspective of the the single mother, you know, basically boyfriendizing the the son. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well. So it's the it's the concept of the the son um, the son being um, the son being a uh, 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 either a replacement as far as male energy. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard that. From, I've read stuff from the that. from the uh, uh, whether that person you know left or was just not there for whatever reason. Uh, also, mm. the sexualization that exists with the with the mom. And how it's not 
uh, necessarily the child is not protected. So, and I see this, you can see this on world star. Um, but it's this idea, not idea, but the practice of, 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 uh, women that they're being sexual in the, in the, in the, in the same space where they have their children. And so hmm. they're exposing their children to certain behaviors that that child then begins to either normalize. Like, for example, you, there are many, there are many videos of women who twerk uh, while their children are in the, in the room. You can see that on World Star. You can see it in different places. And of course, you're talking uh, about the less responsible single mother. You know, you're not, of course, making a generalization about single mothers. Um, but still, uh, you you think that that's just when it comes to the I energy mean, I of masculinity. I said mothers. Like I never okay. put label. So, but either way, you, I know you're not making a generalization about mothers, but you're talking about the ones who are sick enough to um, put you know inappropriate environment around their child. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm just saying that I'm, I'm just talking about this YouTube video. So, um, but I understand the caveat. Well, I'm not saying all mothers. I mean, if it wasn't for a mother, I wouldn't be here. So, you know, all the sensitive people, calm down. Uh, <laughs> just, just think with some nuance here. Mm. All right, don't, 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 don't write a change.org to get, you know, a Swizzy fired from. Across the intersection. You trying to lose this check, bro? You trying to lose this check? What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, you know, is that is that there is a, there are boundaries that are not put up that happens from a very 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 young age, and that's done, you know, and I and I bring up specifically mothers, and I'm saying mothers, not fathers, because men already like we we already know we already talk about men, right? Mm -hmm. The the issue is is that mothers in our society are um no evil can be spoken of okay. we worship we worship mothers in this society just look at mother's day and what's about to come up right versus father's day um the the we refer to america as she uh you know district of columbia virginia maryland virgin mary like we love we worship mothers in this in this society and it's zoastrianism um and and anyway uh the so that's why i'm focusing on mothers because we we tend to think that mothers can do no harm and they can, and they do. And and then on top of that, you know, think about all the sexualization that's been going on. You know, we have this whole entirety um, um, sexual de sexual deviancy and a lot of people who are broken um, sex in, in their sexual behavior mm. and popularized right now, right? Under this banner of, you know, whatever whatever acronym you want to use. And, and um, you know, that is the seed, that's the seed of a previous generation of sexual dysfunction that is now coming to fruition. And, and, um, and, 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 you know, you get that, right? Like if a, you, the a household doesn't have the proper balance of energy between a man and a woman, then that boy is subject to all kinds of um, impressions. And so, you know, it's, it's very, and, and, and to be honest with you, man, with, with so much, so much estrogen that is in our society, and I'm just, I'm not blaming this particularly just on like environmental factors, but I'm just bringing up an example of why, why, um, you know, uh, the, the masculine principle is one of activity and not passivity. I'm, I'm saying this is that if you look at diet and if you look at food, if you just eat what's in front of you and what people put in front of you, you'll have a heavy, you have a diet that's heavy in estrogen. You have to actually actively work to lower the estrogen that comes into your food, your, your, your diet because estrogen actually is cancer-inducing. 
and you have to you as a a woman naturally produces estrogen a lot more you know a lot more than a man and a man produces testosterone a lot more than a woman but as a man gets older he he starts to produce less testosterone and a woman as she gets older starts to produce more estrogen so we both actually have to fight we have to be active to have testosterone in our systems um, or that, or, or or to a more abstract sense, the masculine principle is a is a principle is a principality, um, or it's a concept of activity. If we don't have that, then we end up being passive by nature. We end up being driven by estrogen just by nature is what I'm getting at. And so just by our, just by like you don't even have to do anything, and then that that comes up. And so, so I'm just saying like with the the mothers being involved in their children and and, and kind of um um. um not being not, like like I'm not saying all mothers. I'm saying you have very good parents out there, fathers and mothers. But there's a un, there's a thing that's not spoken about um, when it comes to you know all the sexualization. There's a lot of women out here that are um, that are that are exposing their children to things in which that are messing their kids up. So it up. starts with the family, and there are certain dysfunctions and lack of uh, equal energy between the masculine and the feminine that it took to even create that child. And that's the, the context from which these children who are being victimized in churches come from. Yeah. The example I use is because I know a lot of individuals who are leaders in churches and they tell me the, the circumstances by which they engage with people. And it's either, parents abdicating responsibility of children to youth leaders Mm -hmm. it's husbands abdicating responsibility of wives to church leaders and ministers and so what you have is this direct one-to-one correlation between the church leader and an individual who who should be under some kind of covering or authority yeah. which is domestic uh, yeah. and not not uh, institutional. So okay. when you have an individual, like I said, so that's how these places can be considered, quote unquote, soft targets. So I, I want to keep going back to the article. So there's something else in, in the article that came up that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Well, there's two things, one that I like and one that I'm kind of like, eh. And the the one thing that I did like when they were talking to again our our friends August and uh, uh, what was the other guy's name August Otto uh, something and the other guy the uh, vice president of communications Roger Roger Oldham mm-hmm. they were talking about this concept because they were actually in favor of some of the things in which were happening to the individuals they were like yeah justice should not be separated from forgiveness and I thought that that was very um, timely because you rarely hear that kind of talk from institutional church leaders you so don't what does hear that, that mean kind of- does that mean that okay we for forgiveness is something that is a part of the tenets from some people's perspective of faith um but that justice should still come right because so the, it's similar the scriptures to talk about walking in a particular way yeah so it's it sounds similar to you know the whole obedience is better than sacrifice thing is that God wants us to obey you know and yeah. there are going to be yes. consequences for sin um, and he he'll he'll respond and nature will respond to our sin even if there is forgiveness so yes. so that those the forgiveness and and the consequences should not be divorced from each other they should not be separated and I think a lot of times you know to to A's point about um, just the passivity of believers in general um, because we always there's always this talk of forgive 
let it go on. Nah, it'll it's fine. And and you can forgive someone, right? You can definitely forgive someone, but justice and forgiveness should not be diametrically opposed to one yeah. another. They they can coexist in in the same space. And so that was actually for me it was refreshing to yeah. hear institutional church leaders even say that. Um because I've always just personally have viewed you can have a weak moment in the flesh. But if you're walking in a particular light cuz this these behaviors were going on for years, mm-hmm. years and years and years. This is not oh I made a mistake. You know, I walked past a woman and my hand came across her backside. You know, just accidental things, things that kind of happen, happenstance. That's different. But if I'm just, you know, abusing young children, you know, over and over and over again, it's it's a thing that, that, that I walk in as a leader. No, you need punishment. Like, you know, so there, that's where the, the justice part um, and the forgiveness part have to work hand in hand. So that part I, I did like about the article. Um, the expose writers so to speak um this this by the way the article is written by robert downing not robert downing from the avengers <laughs> this is another guy downing and john tedesco those are the two guys those are the two journalists from the houston chronicle again if you want to look them up but they're putting together um a registry so to speak like a resource page is what they're calling it of baptist uh, like predators um, and that part I didn't really care for. Specifically yeah, Baptist predators. That, yeah, that, that seemed very uh, specific to me. Even in the article, um, the, the two SBC guys were like, you wouldn't just link that to the National Sexual Registry, Registry now? And they're like, no, no, no. We, we want to kind of go in and, and, and really bring some you know light to what's going on in the SBC. Okay, fine, but I just found that a little over the top. Like there's sexual predators everywhere. Yeah. Like in schools, in banks, anywhere you go, any walk of life, there is sexual deviancy. So for them to kind of go out of their way to create this registry when there's already one that exists that you can just kind of link to. I thought was just a little over the top. Me personally. Yeah. Again, I could be wrong, but I thought that that was just a little over the top. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I mean, it, it's uh, marketing. Um, they're pretending to know what to do, but um, hmm. you know, the, the the truth is, is that you know, I, mean, I made a little quip earlier where I said sexual deviancy is as American as apple pie, uh, because I was listening to this one thing. I actually need to look up the video, um, but anyway, it was a statement that um, basically, like a hundred percent of teenagers watch porn or have watched the porn at some point. Um, uh, in their in their lives, hundred uh, percent. That's interesting. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's because of the internet, <laughs> yeah. including yeah. the Amish teen. <laughs> I mean, if they're getting on the internet, maybe not the ones that get on the internet, but if they're getting on the internet. I mean, it's it's. I, I was listening to one person saying like it's big, it's big. Um, you know, in, in Africa, people looking at porn just broad daylight on their phones and 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 all of that, and it's just you know um, the way in which pornography works is that it exploits um, areas in the brain that are hardwired, the pleasures, the, 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 the pleasure... Uh, sensors. So, yeah, the pleasure sensors. And how it works is that um, for um, the pleasure sensors are always trying to, always trying to match the, um, the pleasure, the, the, the pleasure receptiveness of what happened previously. And it can never really be matched if you're constantly pleasured. 
considering yourself. And so you always seek out greater and greater and greater um, uh, 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 rewards mm. or activities that can that can match. The, basically, you're always chasing the high. Yep. Yeah. And so what, that's what why that sexual is, behavior becomes more and more bizarre. Yeah. yeah, it becomes more and more bizarre is because, you know, um, pornography is a gateway drug. You know, traditional, whatever you want to call traditional pornography, you know, it's a gateway drug and that leads into all kinds of all kinds of stuff. And it's the, you know, it really is the underbelly, unfortunately, um, of our society. And until we can get to a place where I myself, as, um, you know, me personally, mm-hmm. can be in my apartment uh, and not look at pornography mm-hmm. uh, for days, for weeks, for months, or for years until um, everybody under the sound of my, my voice can do the same thing, we're always going to have this problem. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just by the and, mere and, fact that you had to use a, a qualifier like traditional pornography. <laughs> no, seriously, shows you yeah. how far society has already yeah. strayed yeah you know and from traditional morality just like morality yeah. in general yeah and, and the reason why i say until we until i individually can do it and everybody under the sound of my voice can individually do it with you know without a bunch of praises or without somebody quote unquote being our accountability partner until we can have the until we can have the propensity or the strength to be able to do it in our secret place, then um, we'll never be able to, we'll, we'll always give room for sin is what I'm saying. We'll always give room for sin and you cannot be trusted around uh, other children. Um, and I mean, I mean, and, and what I'm saying, I, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking spiritually here. I mean, you could be trusted under children because the bottom line is, you know, people are people and people are going to do certain things and have certain people going to look at porn um, so, you know, people are going to do certain things. I'm not saying people are perfect. And I'm not saying that somebody looks at porn is going to be a child molester. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, is that until you don't have even a hint um, of that uh, sexual morality or sexual, sexual deviancy going on, and you know who you are, you know what I'm talking about. Until that is, until that is extinguished, if you're if you're doing a cattle call for a bunch of people to come together, that's always going to be a possibility. That that's always going to be a poss- possibility to spark off. Um, there's a there's a statement that people say when it comes to the church, right? The church is a hospital. Uh, they say, oh well, you know, church is a hospital because it's where the sick people go to get healed. Let me say this: first yeah. of all, the Bible never said the church is a hospital. <laughs> um, the Bible said. That um, you yourselves, you yourselves, um, we ourselves are the church. Um, it always refers to the church as the body of believers um, that uh, have faith uh, put in um, our Heavenly Father through the sacrifice of his son, uh, Jesus the Christ. And and so that's the church. But if you are going to use that terminology of the church as the hospital, then you have to, why don't you, why, what is a hospital? What is a hospital? Like, if you look at a hospital, yeah, that's where sick people go. Sick people go to have surgeries performed or to get medication to then leave. Yeah. Leave and go and be healed at home. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Why is, the longer you stay at the hospital, the more susceptible you are to disease and illness because of all the other people coming in that are sick. Just using that analogy. I know not all analogies can be can be followed 100, but just follow me a little bit with this one: is that if the church is a hospital, then really 
you're 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 creating a center for disease to and metastasize and, and, and get worse. I was saying you're creating a place for the diseases to metastasize and Absolutely. and actually get worse than what they are originally. And for those Absolutely. people who listen to what A just said and said, "Oh man, that's just those are the exceptions. Those are not the rule." Let me tell you, like this article that there were 220 leaders who were accused and so far and this article came out just last week. This is a widespread thing. You know, people like to say, oh, no, it was just a couple guys, man. Nah, you can't categorize all it. 220? That's a yeah. lot of people. Yeah, that's why I want to get back to what um, what Avery was saying as a gate, uh, about the gateway drug of pornography and the yeah. pornography industry. Because I can see, if we're talking about these days and times, meaning the last half decade, I can see how pornography would be a gateway drug in the underbelly of a society that's sick when it comes to to um, sexual yeah. uh, activity or sexual deviance. Um, but a lot of the people who were accusing those Catholic priests have accusations going back decades when pornography wasn't as accessible. So I just want right. to understand how pornography is the thing that's rotting out the foundation of our country on yeah, a moral yeah. basis. What was going on before? Well, you know, pornography goes back to the early part of the 20th century. I mean, there were... I'm talking about accessibility. And, you know, everybody, it was not accessible the way that it is now. Well, what do you so define is, what you mean by accessible? Oh, I mean, right now... Now, if, if we're in a studio and somebody could pull out their phone and, and look at porn right now, but I'm talking so, about, so I can understand, Avery, I can understand your point in how the accessibility of it is making it so more and more people are able to access it and it's providing an environment that creates situations like like what right. we're talking about in churches and other institutions. But I just want to yeah. know what the excuse was in the past. I mean, Playboy's well, been out for half a decade, so... Like oh, my yeah. accessibility, people have been able you mean to half access. A century. What did I say? Half a decade. You I meant half a century. So I mean, but my yes, it's more accessible now, and things grow exponentially. That's why the scripture says we sow the wind and reap the whirlwind, mm -hmm. because it's it it's, it grows exponentially. But yeah. pornography has yeah. been accessible, not to this extent, but it has been accessible for the better part right. of the 20th century. So, right, right. which could still feed into the lust and the desires of yeah. these quote unquote. Leaders, and even I think it might be worth. Um, you brought up the Catholic, you brought up the Catholic Church, right? Yeah, that's just an, an example concerning the people who have been making accusations for a long time. Well, well, I think that it's important to. First of all, it's a very good question. Secondly, I think it's important to make a little bit of a distinction, and that is what the Catholic Church practices, and this is straight up and down, mm -hmm. is that they practice man-boy love. So it's a specific type of uh, sexual deviancy that goes back um, eons. Uh, and um, I mean that on top of uh, other sexual deviancy that predates modern pornographic systems, so to speak. Um, you know, I mean, it comes from somewhere. I mean, this is something that's in the in the water when it comes to human beings. So I'm certainly not just blaming a porn website. What I am saying is that it amplifies, it's amplifying an issue that has already existed as far as the right. Catholic Church. Again, they specifically. They don't believe they like historically through the blood of the Catholic Church. They don't necessarily believe that they practice anything wrong. Like it's not just a couple dudes running around here um, um, that are uh, 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 um, pedophiles. Like they just want to touch little little boys, little babies, just to be doing it. Like like on some um, oh 
I just kind of want to do this. They actually believe that that's honoring. That's honoring. That's like God honoring. They're not saying. They don't say it. They don't say it right now. You know, that's not popular. But if you dig into the annals of what it is and how they actually get down, you see it. Like, they, they, I'm trying to think of other examples of certain practices that people do. So it's just different when it comes to that particular organization. Uh, yeah, yeah, like this. Is, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's something that goes back, you know, um, thousands of years. That that practice of, um, I mean, it's it's to, it, it, it is akin. To, it is akin to sacrificing a child, which, you know, we now would, if in the in the uh, church situation, people would probably look down upon that but then at the same time we don't look down upon that when it comes to abortion like everybody's all good when it comes to sacrificing a child my point is my point is is that it depends on, it, it's all in the lens of the person looking at it whether or not this is wrong is what i'm saying so you know they they get down like that they been they 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 they, they, they been um you know what i'm saying when that man boy love stuff which makes me wonder the, the sense of pride that families have when they can look up and say oh my son is an altar boy you know what yeah. is it that would cause you know a regular family not a family that has some sadistic uh desire to sacrifice their son but somebody saying okay well you know just in just with pure thoughts i'm a part of this church institution and this is great and my, look at my son he's an altar boy not knowing what might be happening behind the scenes. I mean, to, to me, the, the, the problem, you know, is is that whether it's Catholic or Protestant, um, the, the structure never really changed. You know, we, nah, we just, do. yeah, we just took the name tags off. So we think somehow right. when Martin Luther nailed, nailed the 95 theses, oh, it's the structure never changed. And the, by structure, yes. I mean, there is still is no domestic buffer between an institutional leader and the people in that domestic situation who are subject to their their rule. And what do I mean by that? That means wives, that means women, and that means children. Um, and that means that men, again, no matter the structure, have abdicated roles. You know, just as we come around third base, I just want to pull out two scriptures. I know we haven't gotten Bible in about 35 minutes here, but there's a, a, a scripture in, I think it's like 1 Corinthians. It's either chapter three or chapter four. Um, you scholars out there can can fact check me where Paul describes to the people in Corinth. He describes Timothy and he says, I'm unable to come to you, but I'm going to send you Timothy. He's a faithful son in the faith to me. And he said he, he begins to talk about Timothy's character, his ways in Christ, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Not not once did he say Timothy was an excellent orator of the scripture. He was well versed in the Torah. You know, he talked about the the lifestyle of Timothy. He talked about the character of Timothy. And I think that that is one of the biggest travesties of the institutional church. In, uh, and that's across the board. I don't really care how much scripture you've memorized. I don't really care how much, quote unquote, education you have around the scripture if there is no one who can speak to the quality of your character and the quality of your life Mm -hmm. that is what should hold weight like not Mm -hmm. once did paul describe timothy based upon his education um but he was described according to his character it's the same way timothy was described to paul when he first met paul again it was described by his character um we don't we don't have that and I say we because I, I still consider myself a part of the body of believers. That is very rare that you see people 
described by their character. They're described by their achievements, right? Their accolades, their educational Correct. background, et cetera, et cetera. Not once do you say, hey, this guy's coming to quote unquote preach this Sunday and his character is impeccable. No, what do we say? He's gone to this divinity school. He has this background. He has a master's in this. Those things are, are window dressing. But when you peel those things off, you have church leaders who still have deviant character. Who still have this stuff going on behind the scenes? And I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this this person's name because he's a public figure. Look at John Gray, for example. Now John Gray is like this. Honestly, John Gray is a he's a he's a he's a he's a shuckster. I could tell you all some stuff about John Gray off 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 camera too. Yeah, I, I know Gray, people personally who've been in that situation down there with him. John, John Gray's a shuckster, and I say John Gray's a shuckster because remember you don't really even truly even know what John Gray is. First, he was a comedian. Then he's like some kind of producer. Then this dude's some kind of musician. Then this dude's a pastor. Like, <laughs> he's just a hustler. And now he's a celebrity. And now he's like um, in the ear of Donald Trump and all this other stuff. Dude's a celebrity and he's trying, he's trying, to, he's trying to ride the wave of being kind of like a, 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 a T.D. Jakes 2.0 when T.D. Jakes got the blessing from Oprah back in the late 90s. He's, he's living a late 90s world. He's, he, he's, he has a late '90s persona in a in a 21st century world, you know, and so he's doing things but getting fried every time. When he comes out making these bonehead uh, decisions, um, buying his buying <laughs> buying his 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 wife this two hundred thousand uh, dollar vehicle and showing it to everybody, <laughs> and then getting mad when people are saying he's using the, the funds from his ministry, and then him saying no, these are from book sales. Well, it's like, come on, dude. The reason why your book sales are so pop so popular is because those sales are coming from that ministry, dummy. Right. Stop trying to play everybody. You're just laundering the money. Like if it wasn't for those people and those donations, you wouldn't be as popular as you are. Right. So, you know, him doing all those kinds of things and then turn around saying dumb stuff like, oh, my wife is my covering and she birthed me and all this other stuff trying to appeal to the um you know to the to the to 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 his uh to his um women congregates and you know how black women love the church and whatnot so he's trying to come around and, and, and talk that talk and then him turning around and saying um you know him cheating on his wife and that got that got found out and and uh, I mean come on man you know like he should not be in the position that he's in. That Bama was never prepared never prepared to be in a position to be spiritually fathering people as much as he is and nobody really is but you know this is just that's just another example how um people are thrust like you were talking about into these positions in these limelight leading by oh well he's an international internationally selling book you know internet in an international bookseller or whatever the title is you know he just spits out these books that are probably ghost written anyway um or He's, uh, you know, the pastor of this. Bow, bow, bow. He he leads this at Joel Osteen's church, and so now he's like the super famous person. But the Bama, the Bama can't even. <laughs> he can't even be the husband of one wife. Yes, you see what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's rather unfortunate. I mean, and and as you guys know, I mean, like I said, we've talked about this institutional model many many times over. Again, please go and check out that Houston Chronicle article or articles, I should say, because like I said, it's a series of about three or four articles. But again, just to really give you the gravity of the situation, it was 220 church leaders, a hundred of which um, were youth pastors. 
and who have been convicted. Oh, and um, there is there's there were a, a, a total of seven hundred victims in total, um, which is just a travesty and, and a you know it's a terrible terrible mark on on the body of Christ. You're a parent, so I have to ask this question, and I know that a good number of our listeners are. What do you do with that? You're a parent. You have three children. How do you prepare your kids or your children for that mm-hmm. outside world? Um, what do you, because I know that you know that you can't control everything mm-hmm. um, because you're, you, you want your kids to be well-rounded. So I know that they're getting involved in various organizations. They're learning, right. you know, there's ballet, there's, there's karate, there's basketball. There are all these different things just because parents want to make sure that during the 18 years that their kids are in their house, that they're exploring the, the child's, you know, uh, gifts and talents and just making them as well-rounded and balanced as possible. That's understandable. But as a parent, what do you do to prepare your kids to, to even know how to respond in these types of situations so that they won't be victimized over and over. That's a, that's a really good question, Eve. And, I, and you know, it, it's something that we've talked about just over these past few minutes. Um, one is that I, along with my wife, but I take it as my primary responsibility to be the domestic filter for everything at this stage of my children's life because they're still young to be the domestic filter for all of the things that come through them, whether it's spiritual, sociological, historical. I work to be the domestic filter. So to even bring it more specific to this topic, uh, two summers ago, I put my oldest daughter in a quote unquote Christian camp. Mm-hmm. We just want to give her a, you know, a different experience. So yeah. um, we, we put her in a Christian camp. And so every day I would, when I picked her up, cause I dropped her off and picked her up. Hey, what did y'all talk about today? What did they talk about? And there was a couple of times they was in there talking reckless. And she's like, yeah, dad, they were talking about this. And what is, I, I, you know, I'd have to come back in and clean it up. But I made it my job to come back in and clean it up. Um, day after day, after day, after day. Now, is it meticulous? Yes, it is. Um, is it monotonous? Yes, it is. But again, you don't have these scenarios and these situations if there's someone domestically, right? This is where the institution, and we may do a whole show about this, but this is where the institution gets it wrong. Institutional authority does not trump domestic authority. Like there is no one in in the institution mm-hmm. yeah. that trumps my authority with my children mm-hmm. or my wife. Why? Because I'm what the about one. The first lady. What about the first lady? <laughs> my first lady is the woman that lives in my house. There ain't no other first lady to me. So. Well, I, but I understand fully what you're saying. But it's still what you're talking about right now mm-hmm. is is an answer to the question of what do you do on the back end? And it's critical mm-hmm. that on the back end that they're once a child has had an experience or if they're in the midst of it, really mm-hmm. digging in there and asking those open-ended questions and listening to your child and not becoming that raging, angry person that the child was shut down from telling and all that stuff. But I'm saying, what do you do on the front end so that the child has the discernment so that when they get into situations, they're not having to tell you about being touched oh, good. after yeah. they got okay. home. I mean, you you tell them beforehand, hey, if this happens, and th- what I do first is I'll ask them. I'll say, hey, if this were to happen, if these set mm-hmm. of circumstances were to take place, what would you do? Okay. And they'd say, oh, you know, I don't know. Or we, we talk through it, particularly my older one, my, yeah. my, my oldest. Mm-hmm. And then I say, okay, well, here's where you should probably change what you're going to do. This is how I want you to handle this situation. Now, let me ask you another question. How would you do if bop, 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 bop happens? 
uh, I think I would do, you know what, this is why you should change and tweak. And then you come back. Hey, did what we talked, has any of that ever happened? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it played out just the way you said. And I was yeah. like, yeah, this is why I instructed you ahead of time. And again, so that, I think the the point is still the same in terms of having that domestic buffer. Yeah. You know, so many people don't provide that to their children and so many husbands don't provide that to their wives. Yeah. Right. You know, you you have to listen, I have to go before the Lord and give an account of Mm -hmm. everything that was given to me, you know, and no, no dude in, in, in a collar behind a podium is going to have to give an account for my wife. I will. Yeah. So that's why it's imperative that I go ahead of her and provide a buffer this is why the, the, the scripture would even say, again, folks, we were getting a little bit more bible but it says that women should not pray or prophesy uncovered. Why is that? Uh-oh, uh-oh, I know uh-oh. we 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 getting real bible but oh, again, it, 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 it is it's offensive. And, and we've turned that in, the institution has turned that into doilies and big church hats. That's where that comes from. That's where that comes from. If be, if people didn't know where that comes from, that comes from an improper interpretation of that scripture. But in actuality, it was a husband or a father providing proper covering to that woman. Eva having a good old time over here. Doily? You mean that? You mean that? You mean that little white round thing on top of the head? You know the 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 little gospel kufi. You know you know the little gospel kufi that the mothers wear. You know what I'm talking about? But that's where that comes from. But what happens is we think that they could do that and not have a domestic filter. So downtown Dalton out Abbey Jones. But the only. The only thing I, I just want before I, before I forget to do this, I just want to add to what you're saying, and I and I really like as a parent how you are um, are 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 preparing and modeling these things ahead of time, and then having that relationship as an ongoing thing instead of saying, okay, nope, my kid's going to be in the corner of this house for 18 years, or oh, yeah, yeah, or yeah. or just or or being someone who is overbearing, but but you're really um, preparing your your kids for that, and I, as an educator, I just want to add, for the purpose of parents who are, happen to be listening, that kids learn from a variety of sources, and so whatever resources exist, use that in addition to your preaching, or in addition to even the Socratic method, which I think is excellent. That you were saying, you ask your child these questions, you get these open-ended questions out, so that you can go from there. But as an educator, I know that that kid also needs it modeled for them, of course not, you know, of course yes. things that are appropriate, modeled for them, and discussion needs to happen, videos, just use a variety of resources so it can get into who they are, um, so that they're not walking around frightened, but they know how to be advocates for their self and what's appropriate in terms of interacting with them. That was good. Um, Upton Sinclair. You. He's, um, the there's jungle. a, there's a, a, a comment that he made back in the early part of the 20th century, mm-hmm. And he said, um, it's difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends upon his not, not understanding, understanding it. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think for a lot of these leaders, their salary depends on them not understanding the fact that these people need a domestic filter. And so when we try to, you know, beat them up verbally and say, y'all, you know, the church ain't this, the church ain't that. Understand they're in 
of uh, a form of cognitive dissonance because on the one end, their salary depends on them continuing to go with business as usual. But the reality is they have to change their modus operandi. And so they're caught within, you know, they're, they're kind of caught in between these two worlds. So. So, ladies and gentlemen, we hope that you found that discussion on, um, you know, the, the the travesty that's taking place with the, you know, Southern Baptist Convention down there, um, in 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 the Houston area. You know, I'm I'm not sure if all 220 people were in that Houston area. It was just all across. I, I know not. SBC kind of spans across the oh, whole yeah. Bible Belt, so it's probably across and the beyond whole, and, and beyond. Yeah. Um, but we're, you know, I think that that segues good into our continued conversation. Strap yourselves in because this is, um, you know, we're this might be a, a long one. You know, this this might be a, a longer episode, but we want to continue our conversation um, about the topic: Is Western Christianity biblical? biblical. Is it biblical? And um, you know, I, I think that that SBC stuff that's going on in in, in the Houston story was pertinent, but we want to touch on the topic today. How much of what we believe and practice is biblical and how much of it is cultural? Because mm. um, there are a lot of things that we do that are not necessarily biblical. It's just cultural, right? Now, it's not good or bad. It's just it does not derive from the scripture. It just is things that we do culturally as, you know, as Western people. Again, we've, you know, we have acknowledged that we are people that exist in a western context right we live in the 21st century in the united states we exist in a western context now i'll give one example um of that there was a book that i read uh, a couple years ago i actually have it sitting here um it is one church many tribes by richard twist he is a native american cat they actually like to be called first nations but he was talking about how when um, I'm holding it up like everybody could see it. I was just, <laughs> I was just showing it to Eva and A. And A. There's, yeah. there's uh, Mr. Richard Twist. Um, he talked about how when the Christian missionaries would come to the reservations, right? Um, and they would come and have church services. That's what missionaries do, right? They come and bring the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that one of the points of contention is right. So natives would come into the the meetings that they would have. They would come in wearing their traditional Indian garb, right? That's yes. who I am. We come in, and so they're sitting and they're listening. And they're like, "Oh, okay, yeah. We already believe in a creator. If this is, it's almost like the New Testament, you know, where Paul would go and say, you already believe. Let me just show you what you don't really understand.' They'd be like, "Oh, okay, bet. We can rock with this, dude. Okay, we can rock with this." But then it shifts. So all of a sudden, they say, "All right." You accept the message, but you got to take off your Indian garb and you you can't play that Indian drum. And you have to cut your hair. You got to cut your hair, got to kill the feathers, so on and so forth. Now, that's where the cultural part gets overlaid or overlaid, overlaid, excuse me, I want to be correct for Eva drop another $10 oh. word on me, right? But it, the the cultural aspects get overlaid on top of the biblical message and so in his book he actually says that's where the points of contention began yeah 
You know, and so when people say, oh, they're they're pagans, they, 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 they don't want to believe in the gospel. He's like, the issue was never with the gospel. The issue was always with the cultural things that got overlaid on top of the message of the gospel. Well, I just want to add to that something that's even more baked into the structure of Western society. And that is the seven day week. Look, even, even the calendar that we use, we're using a calendar that Pope Gregory and even Pope Julius had come up with. Um, so when it comes to the way that that calendar is structured and of course the seven day week uh, and the fact that uh, the Sabbath isn't observed uh, in this country as a whole, as a structural thing. For example, uh, a lot of people have weekends off, which is good, but then uh, there are a lot of things that shut down on Sundays and instead of Saturdays or instead of the seventh day. So if you're somebody who observes Sabbath, which is what uh, scripture mentions is a perpetual covenant between God and his people. So, you know, of course, that's another distinction to make. The scripture t- talks about the Sabbath and observing it and stopping during that time and not continuing to work and uh, getting into uh, convocation with uh, fellow believers, etc. The scripture mentions that as a perpetual covenant. It doesn't say until a certain time. And we know it's a perpetual covenant also because even the New Testament figures like Paul and Jesus and Peter observed it, right? But yet we live in a society that somehow uh, is, is structured in such a way that it's actually inconvenient to observe Sabbath, where even if you have the weekends off, um, it's on Sunday that a lot of stores that you're not supposed to shop in any way on the Sabbath or closed, but it's on a Sunday or it's on a Sunday that you don't have to pay the, um, the ticket, the, the, the meter when you're parking your car. It's Sunday, everything is shift, shifted to Sunday. So I just think that, uh, that's another thing that, you know, we're, we're, we're experiencing, uh, that show that Western Christianity isn't biblical, even in the way that the weekdays, uh, and the months of the year are structured. We don't use the biblical calendar. You know, the beginning of the year from the biblical calendar's perspective is when logic would tell you the beginning of a year would be, which is, you know, spring, <laughs> not the dead of winter. Um, and then when, you know, so th- there's just a lot of things related to the structure of, of, of time, uh, which is different than what we see in scripture. Yeah. Well, I mean, the biggest thing, the big, I mean, you know me, man, I'm not a Christian. So, um, I'm a I'm a uh, I'm a son of my heavenly Father. I'm a follower of Christ, uh, and I uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I I would I mean there's a, I mean there's a there's a there's a there's a lot, but my you know my biggest thing is usury and interest and how um, that undergirds our modern uh, modern nation building. So you have the first thing is the, is the is the Christian doctrine of discovery, right? Again, this is ostentationalism. Um, which ostentation means for display purposes only. It's when you you take one thing and then you, uh, <clears throat> because this one thing means something to so many people, you use that as a cover to stuff a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of other kinds of stuff in there that is antithetical to the, to the thing in which that you're displaying. So, so they take this figure of Christ um, and they, I'm talking about European monarchs and um, the, the Catholic Church, and then they use that as a cover to to put into put to to, to be able to uh, systematize a whole lot of uh, 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 
trifling, trifling, trifle nature, particularly when it comes to the Christian doctrine of discovery and utilizing that agreement to uh, travel the world and pilfer land from indigenous and aboriginal communities. And then um, from that, from that uh, build up an economy. That's real talk. That's really what happened. And that's what we're, we're dealing with the vestiges of that right now. We're dealing with the remnants of that, um, <clears throat> the calcification of that uh, now when it comes to the United States in this global system. And um, so that has nothing to do with Christ. Everything to do with Christianity, nothing to do with Christ. And I say that because of, again, they use the term, the term Christianity uses the term Christ to distract you from a whole bunch of other stuff that has nothing to do with Christ. So, um, so there's that. And then, and then, there, then you have the practice of usury or interest and, um, in interest means, uh, the, uh, <clears throat> interest is the, the, uh, uh, lending it's, 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 it's lending, lending money, uh, in a form to, uh, 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 lending money to people who can't pay you back and so you charge them a rate and it keeps them perpetually in debt that's what interest is and that's a that that that, that is a sin that's that's a practice that um is frowned upon when it comes to when it comes to our heavenly father and 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 because that specifically has to do with exploiting the poor um and and so that is a usury and interest is something that is again embedded into our financial system and um, uh, it's, it is a big reason why this country, um, although it is as, it, it's, it's, it, it might be a little bit nicer than other places, is also the reason why this country is in so much debt hmm. and why this country, you know, it, it's the reason why this country has so many things, but it's also the reason why this country is so morally depraved, one of the reasons. Um, so sorry. what... So we're we're talking about, and that's a good example. A usury, you know, charging interest um, on on debts that you lend out. That's completely antithetical to the tenet of of, of scripture. Um, just the the heart of the Lord. You know, I know one of the things I like to practice personally is I don't like to let people borrow money. I just tell them if I can afford yeah. it here, I just give you the money. Don't worry about having to give it to me back or giving me back. Oh, no, I'm going to give you back more. You know, like people, oh, no, if you let me borrow 100, I'll give you 120 back. You know, it's like, no, nah, if I can afford it, just here, take it and and, and be Hey, blessed. can I borrow 100 and give you zero back? <laughs> <laughs> that's basically it. I mean, but that's that's basically like, and these that's are crossroads. Hey, hey, it's. There's still zeros in there. There's still zeros in zero. <laughs> <laughs> I give you a bunch of zeros. <laughs> exactly. But we, you know, but those are there, there. There are things like that that we do unconsciously because, again, when when cultures kind of, you know, cultures like that, those unspoken things that are just written on your heart that you do without even realizing that you do them, right? Um, and one of, and one of the things that the Lord does is when He shines light on that area and brings it to your attention. You have to take note of it. You have to take note of it. Like, wow, do I practice these things? Am am I that person that believes blank? Right. You remember, like, right around the the late '90s, or at least that's when I became cognizant of it. Mm-hmm. When it be when it became in vogue for churches who were trying to appeal to the young folk, right? Which come, was us at that time. Yeah, which was us at that time, I guess. Right. Come as you are. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about wearing your quote unquote church clothes. Lecrae, yeah. 
Lecrae might have been 15, 20 years a little late for that. But, you know, that was the thing, right? Just come as you are. So you wear jeans and a T-shirt and we're hip, right? This church is hip, man. We just come in there with the, with the Tims on, you know? Hold on, you gotta have the ultra baggy pants and the Timberlands. Oh yeah, ultra baggy shirt. All of my, uh, all of my millennials who don't think that that was a thing. We used to wear like super, super large pants back in the day. You have to also wear a backpack too. (laughs) (laughs) Remember when? when, I don't know. Did uh, y'all ever seen people that had the hat to the back, but it was like turned a little bit on like an angle? So that was the whole thing. That was the whole get up. So anyway, but like that was the thing, right? But again, that's a that's really a it, it, the, that's the a cultural thing. That, the function behind that, uh, AJ, is that you you need you have sometimes you have to shade half of the back of your neck. That's the way. <laughs> that's how that works. So there's a reason. The reason behind the madness, method to the madness. But I think that was the the church institution at a minimum, at least acknowledging. The fact of people showing up in a building with their best suits on and their best dresses was not necessarily biblical. It was a cultural practice that we just did. Again, not really knowing why. And so so when you had a generation of people were like, yeah, I'm not going, I'm I'm, I'm not doing that. They realized we got to pivot off of this, right? We, we, We have to pivot. So I think, you know, just to summarize this conversation, ladies and gentlemen, I would encourage you all, you know, who are listening, Ask yourself, why do I do some of the things that I do that I don't see in the Bible? Many of us have had that experience where you're reading yep. and then you and then you lift your head up and you realize, hey, <laughs> we don't do that. Or we do do that and it's not in here. Like, where is the disconnect? Um, and some of that stuff may just be a cultural thing that you don't necessarily have to hold other people to. You know, th- there was a big debate in the New Testament. In the book of Acts, should they make the Gentiles be circumcised, practice the law of Moses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they came to the conclusion, no, we no, we shouldn't, because those things are not the foundation of our faith. Those are cultural practices that ancient Israelites did. And these Gentile people are not Israelites. Right. And it would be a stumbling block to their faith to make them do that. So yeah. we we have to also ask ourselves these same types of questions. If I'm dealing with street dudes trying to make them, you know, amalgamate to church culture is probably not in not it's it's not going to be helpful, right? Or if I'm dealing with immigrants who don't know current American church culture, trying to make them integrate or assimilate to to that again is not going to be helpful, right? You mean like you mean like two Nigerian immigrants? <laughs> oh, you, you got like jokes. Two, two white, two white Nigerian immigrants. Hey, Trump bro, supporters. it's white Nigerians. You know, it's white Nigerians. Listen, it's white Nigerians who was in Chicago at two o'clock in the morning, rocking MAGA hats <laughs> and a noose. Didn't they have a noose too? Right. Oh, we need to. Somebody needs to do a statistic. Take a poll. To see if there are two white Nigerians in the United States <laughs> who are together, right? Who are together? Are not married to a black Nigerian. <laughs> I have nothing to say about Jesse Smollett until it, evidence comes through. I am going to stay quiet on Mister Smollett. Because if there are two, we solved it. We solved the case. We got them. <laughs> the got only them. two we found. The only, the only two. two. 
we got him because there's only two. <laughs> okay, oh, where they are, they did it. We don't, we don't need no other evidence. Find me those two white Nigerian Trump supporters. <laughs> Anyhow. Anyway. Anyhow. I'm sorry. I interrupted. It's all good. It's all good to, to, to throw some shade at uh, Mr. Smollett. Um, but yeah, we, we just have to really be, be cognizant and be mindful, um, that we're not forcing people and, you know, listening, you know, everyone listening who will consider yourself, um, a member of the body of believers. You have to be very cognizant and mindful that you're not trying to force people into some cultural practice that is not necessarily biblical, because if you're trying to force them um, into a cultural practice that is not their own, um, that's actually more harmful than helpful um, because, you know, you're trying to erase part of who they are. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that that is it. And again, so we, we, we do appreciate you all rocking with us, you know, so whether we're talking about uh, Southern Baptist ministers getting locked up uh-huh. or just cultural Nigerian Trump supporters <laughs> MAGA hats or, or, uh, or Nigerian uh, Trump supporters or just you know cultural assimilation you know under the guise of biblicalness y'all just know that we're going to keep God in the mix so as always uh, we just hope that you got something out of this so for Eve and A this is AJ saying peace peace Let's get started, I won't teach you Let me set apart who is my people The ones who set in their heart to be believers Press on to the mark to follow Jesus When it gets hard, they be seeking the leaders Fathers that help them heal when they are beaten Or help them see the meaning when they're grieving Don't follow their feelings, that'll be misleading they the ones that keeping it biblical Keep it 100 when others saying it's fictional A relational life, that is how it's scriptural A stay in the light while cats be living typical Integrity we chose cause folks is hypocritical Religious midwit, man that is how they picture you Wishing you would go the way of the extinction